Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome back to your favorite podcast. It's the Five Spot. I'm your host, Domba McNabb, joined with Armando Segarro. Let's dive into it quickly because it seems like Every five minutes, a coach gets fired, he steps down, or they decide to part ways together. We've just got news that, obviously, the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick have decided to part ways and take a step down, resign, get fired, however you want to look at it. But over the years, obviously, Bill Belichick will be known as the GOAT uh, of the NFL coaching staff, I I believe. Everything that he's accomplished, obviously, with Tom Brady uh, in New England has uh, put him in that position in a lot of people's eyes, including mine. I I give much respect in everything that he's accomplished thus far throughout the NFL, obviously going all the way back to when he was with the Giants with uh, Bill Parcells, something that we can keep an eye on because I don't think that he will be done. And then you can look at the college ranks and see Nick Saban deciding to Step down, step away, possibly retire uh, at 72 years old, I believe. Uh, I mean, he's the GOAT of college football. Uh, everything that he's accomplished at LSU, uh, had a stint in Miami with the Dolphins, then go, comes back to college football to the Alabama Crimson Tide and continuously winning championships there uh, and deciding to step down away from coaching. We'll dive into that, but let's get back to the the NFL with Bill Belichick, Armando. When you heard the news, obviously it was somewhat expected, but what happens now for Bill Belichick uh, and his coaching career? Well, uh, I'm glad you asked me that, Donovan, because, (laughs) uh, you know, you mentioned that he's the GOAT, and I'm not sure that I'm down with that. I, 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 I mean, look... I, I get you. He's he went to nine Super Bowls. That's a nine. lot. Yeah, I'm to say <laughs> nine. <laughs> that's 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 a ton. Uh, and he won six of them. That's a lot too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you see, he uh, he was he he never had a perfect season, and Don Shula did. Oh, and, and, here we go and, with the Floridian stuff again. Here we go. <laughs> and he's chasing Don Shula for most wins all time. And Don Shula has that title right now. And so, look, I'm not going to turn this into a debate of Don Shula versus <laughs> Bill Pars- Bill Belichick. I, I, I already forgot the guy's name. Yeah, I know already. No, no, no. He is amazing. He is among the greatest of all time. Let's say that. And arguably the greatest of all time. I would argue Don Shula, but that's just me um, and billions of other people. But here's the thing. I... So far, and we are three hours as we tape this away from 
their, you know, press conference with Robert Kraft. So far, man, it has been a classy, um, I would say, you know, amicable party. Uh, Let's let's understand this. Bill Belichick didn't want to leave the New England Patriots. Let's say that right there. He didn't want to, to the point, I'm told, that he was willing to take less power uh, in the personnel department to stay. And they just couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure out how to make it work. So he's going. He's not going to be traded. Um, and, you know, I he's going to continue his career and there are going to be teams that are going to be interested because he's freaking Bill Belichick. <laughs> you know what? I, I look in this sense um, and, and kind of reflecting, obviously, throughout my career uh, and competing against Bill Belichick, obviously in the Super Bowl during the regular season, uh, watching the success that they had over in New England uh, with Tom Brady. Let me add, continue to add that into it. But I think this is one that you brought up classy. Um I really and truly respect the way uh, that Bob Kraft and, and you know, his staff is, is handling this situation. We've seen so many times where coaches and, and owners uh, really are leave on bad terms. Uh, it becomes just a press conference and clear your office and you're done. Despite anything that, 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 anything that the coach has accomplished, uh, has changed the organization around from being kind of a, a dumpster fire or a losing type of organization then changing it to becoming a winning franchise. Uh, everything that we've seen over, over, I mean, seemed like a century, like of, of just winning for the new England Patriots and deciding to, to have this press conference together uh, and talk about it. And then you mentioned him, not him, not wanting to step down, obviously, and, and to relinquish a lot of his power, uh, says a lot about Bill Belichick and the respect that he has, but it was time. And sometimes you have to make tough decisions like this where a guy's been there a long time. He's been the face of, of your organization somewhat. Uh, and it's time to, as a lot of teams are doing on every level, is go younger. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see what direction they go in. The selections that you've heard so far, has anyone impressed you of the names that, have been brought, uh, or is this going to be one that's going to be a rabbit out of the hat where it could be a young coordinator, maybe possibly the one in Detroit uh, or or somewhere out in the NFL, Armando? Yeah, so the Patriots are interesting in that regard because, uh, you know, you see a lot of teams, for example, uh, you know, I, I would say to you the Carolina Panthers, I would say to you the Tennessee Titans, um, the Washington Commanders, maybe, the Atlanta Falcons, maybe, because of who they have at quarterback and what they've seen, the Seattle Seahawks are another team. Right. They feel the need to find, like, um, a young, energetic, genius boy wonder kind of coach right? Uh, to go forward because they need to compete. For example, Seattle needs to compete with the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams who run this, you know, uh, super modern, super complicated offense. And Seattle is running an offense out of the 1990s 
type right. of thing. Right. So they feel that need. I'm not sure that the Patriots feel that need. The Patriots have been well coached and won a lot without the super modern Shanahan offense. And, you know, Bill O'Brien, whether you believe it or not, did a, a solid job this year. And they've had solid jobs done by Josh McDaniels in the past. Correct. So they don't feel that need to find boy wonder. Um, that's why I think you, you got a couple of guys and a couple of names that stand out above the rest. Gerard Mayo, the in-house candidate, obviously. Uh, he has been kind of the coach in waiting. Why am I doing this? I, uh, I was going to ask you that, but the air quotes, it were real aggressive. Yeah, real aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I should do this. <laughs> what uh the coaching waiting in new england and the one that makes the most sense to me is mike brable uh why would you, know, you say, why would you say that i mean i'm with you but just for our, our our listeners and our viewers uh why 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 would you think mike brable would be a good choice number one uh experience mm -hmm. he's he's done it he mm -hmm. knows what it's about as you know look i the NFL coaching and general manager positions are like a John Wick movie, Donovan. <laughs> uh, the coach or the GM, whichever one you're picking, is John Wick. And he's walking into the bar. The hotel. The hotel. He's walking to the, the hotel. hotel. Yeah. And as soon as he's walking into the hotel... There's a problem over there, a problem over here, a problem over there, a problem over here, a fire over there. Somebody's pissed off at you over there. Uh, there's somebody trying to murder you over there. Yeah. And the coach or the general manager has to go. Every day. That's every day. And Mike Vrabel is used to doing that every day. Mm -hmm. Whereas a first-time head coach, and this I know this from talking to many first-time head coaches, they say that, dude, it's not just about coaching. Right. You're, you're like a fireman. You're putting out fires every single day. You walk in at 4 or 5 in the morning, some guys earlier. Some guys and, spend the night. Yeah, and it's like, 10 problems that you didn't expect are already on your desk. Correct. Correct. So that's why I think experience and Mike Vrabel makes sense because he's already been familiar with solving. Right. He's John Wick. He, he's ready to. No, I, I mean, I, after that, that great whole boom, pow, bang with like, like we're doing the Batman cartoon movies that you just did. <laughs> I like Mike Vrabel, and I think what Mike Vrabel brings is he does bring some young energy. He has the experience of obviously playing in New England, has a relationship with Bob Kraft. Uh, I think it's one in which I think – I don't know how to say this because I don't want to slight Mike Vrabel by any means, but I think you can groom Mike Vrabel into and molding him into the Bill Belichick but still be his own type of – coach and his has his own style uh with Bob with Bob Kraft and and he, yes you're right you walk into 
um, the facility. And it's like, you have to handle the media first and foremost. Um, and then the, the, the Patriot way where you don't have to worry about players speaking out of term to the media, because obviously he understands the Patriot way and you just keep everything in house. A lot of stuff we don't hear about that happens in new England is because of that. So I think that is a, a great selection and going forward, just my, my thoughts on, on the whole deal before we, we move on and, and bring up uh, more of the vacancies and, and the things that have happened. What does this mean for Mac Jones? Now, do you, do you come in as a new coach? Do you try to work with Mac Jones and some of the young talent? Or is this something in which it's time to turn the corner uh, and see what you can get from Mac? And obviously they have a higher draft pick. Is it a Drake May? Is it a Caleb Williams? Uh, is it possibly an offensive tackle out of Penn State? Or or what, what direction do you think they go in with Mac Jones? So the Patriots have the number three overall pick, right? Right. Um, because thank you. I got to say, Bill Belichick left them in great situation. Great, Le- great situation. Yes. Right? Because they're, they're going to have $71 million in cap space yes. in the offseason. That's a lot of money, Donovan. Mm-hmm. Don't don't yep. tell nobody. <laughs> that's a lot of flow. Um, and that's the second most in the NFL behind Washington, cap space-wise. Right. And he was kind enough to lose a lot <laughs> this year. So they've got the three overall pick. And they have 49 players under contract. And they have a backup quarterback on the roster. His name right. is Mac Jones. Uh, he's the backup. That's that's you don't it. like Zappy. You don't like Zappy. Mac Jones is the backup. <laughs> <laughs> Mac Jones is the backup, and they and 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 Bailey <laughs> Zappy can compete if he wants. Uh, they need a starter. Yeah. I, I mean, come on, you know that yeah. everybody yeah. knows that they need a starter. My my guess is. And I don't know because they don't have a general manager and we're still way down the road. The Chicago Bears, who hold the number one overall pick, if they are keeping Justin Fields, which it looks like they might be, a mistake, I would say. But nonetheless, in my opinion, uh, they're going to sell their number one overall selection for three first round picks. Simple as that. And if I'm the New England Patriots with the number three overall pick, I would say I give you two overall first round picks and a, a, a third or a second or a third and a second. I want Caleb Williams. I want the number one overall pick. That would be what I would do if I'm the New England Patriots. Uh, to be honest with you, I think they're in great position. I would pass, I would stay uh, at number three because for the Chicago Bears, it's a it's one in which you begin to wonder what decision they make because they've now uh, fired their offensive coordinator uh, in Chicago, the head coach's state, and they're still trying to figure out, and, and the GM has already talked about, you know, waiting to the last hour to decide of what direction they're going to go in with Justin Fields. And I understand that you got to see what you can get from them and who actually uh, will trade for them. Uh, for the so for the Chicago Bears, I think what they do is they end up trading that pick. But you're going to have teams that move up in that position uh, 
you know, to possibly draft Caleb Williams. Now, I think all all in all, uh, I don't think that Caleb Williams would be the guy that they would draft if he's available. I think they would draft uh, Derek, uh, May. I think they would draft May. And wow. because he just, he just, he fits, he fits what New England likes to do. Um, unless, you know, it's a young coach that comes in and he, he wants to kind of evolve uh, the New England Patriots way. And it's not so much of, you know, drop back, hit your six or eight yard route, hit your 10 yard, 12 yard route, take two or three shots in the game. That's it. Uh, and just be methodical as you move the ball downfield. Now, if he comes in with a mentality like he's trying to push the ball downfield uh, and then have a quarterback that can create with his legs and also who's smart. Yes, you go after Caleb Williams. Uh, but I just don't I don't see Caleb being in a New England Patriots uniform. I just don't. Uh, I definitely see May and it's nothing against Caleb because I think Caleb is the best quarterback coming out, but I just see May being right there for them to draft and then they can continue because they have more picks. And that's the thing with Bill Belichick and what he's done over the years, even though the last two, two seasons has been losing season, he stockpiled picks over the years. And it's funny because when you look at NFL and NBA, Boston Celtics did the same thing with Danny Ainge. He stockpiled picks. And then now with the New England Patriots, they were stockpiling picks so that if they have to move up, they've got third, second, fourth round picks that are just sitting around for future, you know, opportunities that they can move right in and, and get in the first round. Now, I just hit you with the NBA news, and you definitely didn't know that one, Armando. That just went way around your head on that one. Bang! <laughs> I was going to ask you, who's Daddy Ainge? <laughs> I knew, I knew I got you with the NBA news. Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge is a GM in Boston. Now he's in Utah. But that's that's kind of the way he did it. And, and it's funny because when Danny was doing it years ago, uh, you know, Bill Belichick and, and those guys were starting to get into it where they were stockpiling second and third and fourth round picks. So when they decided they wanted to move up, they already had those in future picks. So, it's very smart of how they handled the situation where they are right now with trying to make a decision on their new head coach. You know what's interesting is we just discussed how Bill Belichick is leaving the Patriots in a relatively solid footing and in a good footing. Nick Saban is not leaving Alabama in that great of a footing, I would say to you, uh, because people are already transferring out. Uh, or decommitting, excuse me. They're not transferring out yet. They're decommitting. It's coming. It's coming. Right? Well, it's, it's all, coming. I, I think I read somewhere and I have somewhere factoids. It, it, uh, it's, it's over like six or eight guys have decommitted already that I believe. They had a five-star wide receiver decommit like last night, like 20 minutes after Nick Saban's news came out. And Marlon Humphrey got on his social media, Marlon Humphrey, who played for Alabama, Alabama. right? And he said he'd be hitting the transfer portal immediately. And so (laughs) I'm thinking, yeah, Alabama, look, Alabama starts on second base, okay? Right, Uh, The coach for Alabama starts on second base. He doesn't get into the batter's box. He's already in second base. But... That's been in the past, not under the NIL rules, not under the situation that um, 
the next head coach of Alabama is going to face. It's no longer just about a, a, a fat booster with a ton of money wanting to be a part of something and just giving you that big booster handshake. I should ask you, are you familiar with that? Absolutely not. I knew that was coming. I, I, I knew that was coming. There were no envelopes like the pro like the movie The Program inside the sport coats. Uh there weren't, you know, there weren't the high fives with hundreds or fifties. Now we didn't have any of that. I've seen that only in the movies. But now with this NIL, it's funny you bring it up because remember it, it he wasn't a big supporter of the NIL stuff because he knew what it would do to college football. Um, He was a supporter of uh, the power fives coming together and and building their own little nucleus and and bumping out the NCAA. And that's what Nick was about trying to innovate uh, college football. But now with this NIL stuff, with the transfer portal, uh, it's one in which I think he's seen now this game now go a whole new different direction. It's uncontrollable. Uh, it's one for him, obviously, getting up in the age where he can recruit any four or five star kid. And a lot of times over the last decade, he's had his depth chart was filled with four or five star guys. I'm talking about three, four, five deep, where guys couldn't transfer because the transfer portal wasn't as big as it is now. And all of a sudden, I remember like Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Richardson, the running back. Um, the list goes on. I remember watching college football when Derrick Henry was a sophomore. And I would see him in the early part of the season where you see a lot of these four or five-star guys play because they have four games until they decide if they're going to waste that year by playing that fifth game or they're going to redshirt them. Derrick Henry played in the first couple games and didn't see him the rest of the season until the bowl game. And he came out of the bowl game and had over 180 yards rushing. And I'm like, who in the world is this guy? Well, that's kind of how he stockpiled a lot of those guys where you don't see them consistently. And then all of a sudden, they're bowl MVP. Uh, and then they end up being first-round draft picks. I mean, he's had he's had Davenport. He's had uh, uh, Richardson. Yeah, he's had, he's had Derrick Henry. He's, he's had a list of running backs and receivers that you – you begin to question, where did this guy come from? But they end up being first and second round picks. So I give kudos to him, but the game has definitely passed him by. And I think now he's understood that being an older coach and he can't control what's going on as as he used to, it was, it was a smart deal for him to step down. But it makes it very, very hard for the next coach to come in and take his place. Yeah, how would you like to be the guy – who replaces Nick Saban at Alabama or Bill Belichick in New England? How how do you want to be that dude and have to live up to those standards? Uh, Nick Saban won nine SEC titles and I think like seven national championships or six or something. And, And Bill Belichick won 13 AFC East titles and nine AFC championships and six Super Bowls. Who you have to have a certain makeup to be able to step into that role and go, I'm gonna be me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna be me. Yeah. Look, I'm now I'm doing the program around. I'm gonna change the culture. 
why are you doing that? (laughs) That's not what Nick would do. That's not what Bill would do. Exactly. Uh, By the way, you missed me trying to do Mike Tyson, but that's okay. Yeah, Um, you got to be a little higher. You got to be a little It's final. Come on, you got to be final. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mike, I know you watched the show, but hey, uh, it wasn't me. It was Armando. (laughs) Uh, I'm not scared of a lot of, you know, men. (laughs) But yeah, he's one of them. Uh, Terrell Suggs would be another one. Those are the two I'm afraid of. Uh, T Sizzle. He's Arizona. He's out here in Arizona. Yeah, I'll I'm afraid him. of him. I, I'd be him. afraid of him. Uh, <laughs> so who who do you see at Alabama? You know what? I, I, I look at it, and I don't want to go into this direction because everybody went there with Kirby Smart. I think Kirby Smart is fine Ooh. where he's at. I think Kirby Smart also um, understands – kind of about legacy, and you don't want to dip right into what what Nick Saban has built over there. But I will say this. I think the coach of Maryland could could possibly one. Remember, he was under that whole umbrella uh, when he was fired, and he, he came under and worked with them. I think Bill O'Brien may be one that, that they may look at because he, he understands a little bit about the – the Alabama approach and how they go about it, being an offensive coordinator. Um, I don't think landing, I don't think he will leave Oregon to go back, go to Alabama. I just look at those particular names and Lane Kiffin definitely is not going to get an interview back over there, even though he he's trolled um, Alabama and Nick Saban for years ever since he left. I don't think Sarkeesian leaves Texas to go over there. Um, so I think this is more of um, maybe Bill O'Brien. Um, you know, I, I think it would be more in, in that direction than some of the other names that I mentioned toward the end. Interesting. So Lanning, man, you, you, you didn't like him, but makes sense. He makes a lot of sense, except for the $20 million buyout. That, that doesn't make a whole ton of sense, but right. it's Alabama. They got money. They, yeah. you know, it's not Texas. Texas prints money, and and that's why I say Sarkeesian stays because Sarkeesian really has has kind of planted his feet in uh, where I think they he can get big time recruits. He's shown obviously he can beat Alabama. Uh, they've got some good talent out there in Texas, so I think he stays. I think Lane Kiffin stays at Ole Miss because he's kind of you know kind of got his name going in the right direction. And I don't think that that would really work out well uh, with him going back to Alabama. But I just, I look at it in the sense for where college football is right now. It's now turning to the younger version. It's it's the young, innovative kind of coaches that have a chance to possibly be coordinators in the NFL or be the head coach of college football. Big questions for them big answers that they're going to have to look in the mirror and and ask themselves, would you like to be a head coach of college football or would you want to wait your turn and and probably be just an offensive coordinator or maybe position coach in the NFL for over 15, 18 years? Let's play a quick game. Let me throw some names at you. You tell me what you think. Dabo Sweeney. Nope. Don't think for Alabama. I think he's, he's a, he's a Clemson guy. Um, he's got rich tradition with Clemson. Um, I don't think that his makeup would work well in the SEC and in at Alabama. 
James Franklin. No, it didn't work out well at Vanderbilt. Uh, Alabama's a whole different mindset that I don't think that him leaving Penn State would be a smart move for him. Uh, DeBoer, uh, Kalen DeBoer, Washington. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I know we just seen him in the national championship game. Um, you know, being in Indiana, I don't think that he he would really fit. I think he'll be a name that people would be. Uh, let me Google that real fast. And, <laughs> yeah, let me uh, figure. Uh, oh, that's that guy. Now, I don't think it would work out well in Alabama. Alabama is. See, this is the thing about Alabama. Alabama's night not like going to Miami. Alabama's not like going to. Um, like you mentioned Clemson. I don't think it's like going to Auburn. Um, Alabama is basically like we just talked about. It. Alabama is New England Patriots. It's it's one in which it's a circle, the circle of trust where you walk in and you have to be well-received and liked because he's built so much there. I heard he has an office that is probably a hundred yards down from the weight room and everyone else because he's that special. He's got a, a statue right in front of the stadium. And so you're not just kind of coming in with your little boxes and, and your suitcases and trying to, hey, I'm the new head coach. And people are just going to look at you like, who are you? And what are you going to do to help help us win a national championship? Not have a winning season, but win national championships. And so it's a hard spot to fill. How about Pete Carroll? I mean, both of them are the same age, aren't they? Like, I just like it's yeah, but Pete Carroll, man. Pete so Saban retired. Pete Carroll was fired. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and by the way, it's like Pete Carroll was the biggest news yesterday, and then Saban until, retired. Yeah, until like 15 minutes later, and suddenly Pete Carroll is Farrah Fawcett Majors. Uh, <laughs> you know the story, right? Yeah. So, so Farrah Fawcett dies, right. right? And like an hour later, Michael Jackson dies. Right. right. Uh, guess who got the headlines? Oh, yeah. MJ. MJ. Right. Uh, so Pete Carroll, you know, goes away, is, 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 is moved out. And because just he like wanted we to stay. Just like we haven't talked about him yet. We're, we're about to talk about him, but we're, we talked about the two bigger names. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. He, he, he is a huge name yes. who has fallen uh, because he's, he's, I don't, I'm not going to say second tier. I was about but, to say, let's not, let's not lower him like that. Right. Like, no, I'm he's amazing. He's amazing. Uh, but that guy has the energy still. And he said, so look, I'm not burned out. I'm not 
uh, I don't need a rest. I don't need, uh, you know, uh, any vitamins. I'm, I'm raring to go. And you watch that press conference yesterday. And he was like, I felt bad that Pete Carroll isn't the coach of the Seattle Seahawks anymore because dang, man, that guy can, can, can do the work. Yeah. Um, and he wants to do the work and yet he's not going to be doing the work. You know, I get the feeling they're going to have to, they're looking on the other side of the, the greener pasture and it might not turn out to be that much greener if at all. Well, you know, what's funny you bring that up and, and, only thing that we can go off of for Pete Carroll is not so much of uh, what he's done in Seattle because now coming back to college, it's a different type of uh, approach and mentality with these young kids because you're trying to help push them and give them that opportunity to play on that level. The thing that we look back on is how things were run at USC. And would that be – I mean, I know it's it's been over, what, 20 years uh, – 18 years or something he, that he's been in Seattle and it's been different since he was at, at uh, SC. But man, I tell you, you talk about college coaching, you talk about players, you talk about energy. He had, he had California booming and they were the NFL team out in California at that time. And I understand if he wants to get back in it and college would be one he would look at. I would say, that question that you brought up, I mean, you got to give him an interview. You have to sit down and, and talk to him because think of the, think of how people in Alabama and, you know, people in Alabama, I got family in Alabama and Birmingham and, 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 and out there in Montgomery. I, I just, they would be so excited to have Pete Carroll, a big name come and become possibly the next head coach in Alabama. Would he want to carry that weight? I don't think so. But he still should be rewarded, if he wants to, of an interview. Yeah, the Pete Carroll situation in Seattle, it's like we, we were talking about earlier. He, he, got, he got trucked by younger guys running crazy offenses. Right. And, and he couldn't answer. He couldn't answer with a legion of boom defense. Right. And he couldn't answer with an offense that was just as – uh, volatile and productive and explosive. He didn't right. have either one of those two things. And so he, he he's not a mid-tier, but his team's production became mid-tier, nine and eight, you know, eight and nine, that kind of thing. Uh, second in the, in the division, sometimes always third. Second, third, yeah. Always third second. in the division. When Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan are the coaches in your division, you better come up with something that that answers. And he hasn't had the answer the last couple of years. You know what? When I look at when I look at what Seattle was, uh, and Russell Russell was obviously the face, and the volatile aspect of it that you talked about was there was a lot of spite, there was a lot of jealousy. Uh, and there was a lot of, of egos on, on that particular teams, those teams that he had. And I can speak of it because I know it, and people may not talk about it because it's always, everybody was talking bad about Russell. It wasn't just Russell. They were, Russell was the face in that everybody brought up, 
but their offense wasn't innovative enough where you're seeing the ties when Kyle and, and Sean come in and you're wondering how can they kind of open this offense up to be a little bit more explosive where they go get DJ Metcalf and, and DK Metcalf. When I look at DK, DK's not, he's not Cooper cup. He's not Debo Samuels. He's not Ayuk. Uh, but they have Lockett. And then it's like, okay, well, you have Beast Mode. Now you've got Walker. And it's kind of like, mm, okay, but what about your defense? And then you look at those defenses that we just brought up. You know, you don't have an Aaron Donald. You don't have a Bosa. You don't have when, you know, Buckner was there. You don't have, you know, you don't have all these guys. And it's just like, ah, well, what's going on? What is it? And they become like that that second or third sister that people are just kind of like, oh, I didn't even know you were here because we just know so much about your your first two. And so I just think for Pete, it was time. It was time because, you know, he's gotten up there in age, uh, but nothing has changed in Seattle. And and so I feel bad for Pete because Pete's such a great guy. He was great for the NFL in the coaching realm. Uh, but I don't think that he's done. And for Pete, I think he needs football to keep things going. I don't think Pete would know what to do if he's not in the coaching, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, and I was laughing because you, you mentioned Pete Carroll in the context of, and the Seattle Seahawks in the context of the 49ers and the Rams and McVay and Shanahan and the third sister. And I'm thinking the third sister is always like this snaggletooth woman who is like, <laughs> you know, the other two are, are in the beauty contest, and the third one is she's got a good personality. <laughs> uh, People a, like her. People like her. They love being around her. She's, she's a good cook. <laughs> yeah, right. That's <laughs> that. Well, I don't. I didn't <laughs> see. I wasn't gonna go there, but that you did. Uh, yeah, the third sister's kind of like, ooh, ooh, who's that? Like, oh, that's my sister. It's like, mm, okay, nice meeting you. Um, but I will say, I just, I love what Pete Carroll brought to the NFL. And when he had that run, um, and people look back on the first thing they always go to is, you know, you should have ran the ball with Marshawn Lynch. Well, there were nine, eight or nine people on the line of scrimmage, and you have to throw the football. I keep saying that, and even though that it was picked, uh, you know, you, you just couldn't block everybody. And so uh, that's what people are going to look at, not the Super Bowl that he won, uh, and the way that his teams play, they'll always go to the Super Bowl that he lost, and it's unfortunate. But I think for Pete Carroll in this regard, I think he should, he should at least have the opportunity, if he wants to, to get back into college football coaching. Um, I just don't see him being in the NFL coaching list of, of possibly being brought in by the way um two things uh i gotta say uh people at snaggletoothsister.com by all means write write your complaints to donovan mcnab <laughs> no <laughs> he's the one that that told me to say that uh donovan mcnab complaints from snaggletoothsister.com um and also uh it dawns on me what a crazy week this has been that here we are 35, maybe a little bit longer minutes into 
this episode and we haven't talked about the super duper wild card weekend of games that are coming up. The the entire focus this week has been on mostly nationally Coach. anyway. Coaches. Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, Pete Carroll, uh, the Falcons getting rid of their guy, Seattle, you know, who's going to be at the Raiders, that kind of, Ron the Rivera. You know, and even even in our last show, we talked about Harbaugh uh, possibly having that opportunity with the Chargers. I mean, Pete Carroll could be another name in that regard of, of possibly going out uh, and becoming the, the Chargers head coach if Harbaugh decides he wants to go to the Raiders or Harbaugh decides he wants to go to Atlanta because they'll give him the Brinks truck and, and the opportunity to kind of run it the way he wants to. Who knows? kind of the mentality of what Jim is looking for. But is Pete Carroll a, a bad idea, a, a bad thought for the Chargers? Because like we talked about, what he did at USC and the way he had California just loving college football, loving football, that's what the Chargers are missing right now. The Chargers are missing that excitement because people want to go to, I think it's SoFi Stadium, and they want to see excitement. If he was able to kind of re renovate, like kind of change things around in that locker room and create that explosiveness on offense and defense flying around like USC, that would be one they could look at too. That's a great point. That is an amazingly great point. Um, it's it, it feels like that would be more of a fit than certainly Alabama. But here's the thing with guys like Pete Carroll and – Bill Belichick, and it's not about ageism. It's about right. reality. Right. Those guys, both of them are in their 70s. If you're hiring those guys, you're hiring a head coach for maybe two or three years. I'll say, I'll say four years. Four years so that they can groom that, that next coach in waiting to be able to take over. You're not – you know, most NFL teams, they look at, okay, now we've got our coach and he's 37 years old and we're going to have him. He's going to be Mike Tomlin Jr. And we're going to have him for the next 17 years. That's not what you're getting if you're going and chasing Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. You're chasing with those two instant credibility. Win now. We are now in win now mode. Right. You got to do it right away and you got to do it quicker than quick because you're 71, 72 years old and we don't have forever here. Exactly. Exactly. So just just a recap on the last the last couple segments that we talked about. Just Bill Belichick, does he continue coaching? Yes or no? Oh, absolutely. No doubt Nick about Saban it. Nick Saban done? Nick Saban is retired. Pete Carroll continues on, or does he step away? He wants to coach. He wanted, as he said, I competed to keep my job. Right. He wanted to continue coaching, a lot of energy. If someone like the Chargers is smart, they go and 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 ask for an interview. Right. So let's 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 just real quick in this last sec last segment, because we talked talked a little bit about it. Wildcard weekend. Upsets and and big wins. Who who's going to get upset, and who who's going to kind of show? Okay, this might be a team to watch. I think NFL fans are going to be upset. 
because on Saturday night, Kansas City hosting the Miami Dolphins. And where's that game played on? What channel? Oh! Yeah! <laughs> it's not like it's it's not like some bird channel. It's like what the what what? <laughs> oh, nothing better. I'm than not you. even gonna mention their names. Yeah, I'm, like I'm, it's if people are upset about uh, not being able to watch that on on regular TV, like, and I know it's been a topic of conversation, uh, and we'll see what happens obviously next year, but. I knew you were going to bring up the Dolphins. Is the season over for the Dolphins? Wow. Oh, put me on the spot. Thank you. Come on. Come on. Let's go. I'm not, I'm not optimistic. Let's put it that way. They, uh, they have uh, their, their reasoning, their fan base reasoning is we're beat up. Our, our roster is beat up. Well, yeah. When you, you know, Cobbled together a roster of players that have been off injured in the past. You shouldn't Correct. be surprised when they're off injured in the present. That's number one. Number two, I the fight, I, I the urgency and the and and the physicality to step up. I haven't seen that in that team, but one time this year, and one time, and that was against the Dallas Cowboys in the final four minutes. And that's not enough. You need right. you need it six or seven times a year. Okay, I'm I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick my upset of this weekend. My upset of this weekend is the Rams over Detroit. I think I think the Rams beat Detroit. Matthew Stafford throws for three fifty. Aaron Donald has two and a half sacks, uh, and Jared Goff turns the ball over two times. So you're you're gonna and you know what the 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 narrative coming out of that if that happens, the Rams won the trade again. The Rams traded for Matthew Stafford and gave the Lions Jared Goff and some first round picks. And people will say they've already won the Super Bowl, so they already right. won the trade. Right. And now they're gonna be what pounding on the on the Lions? Wow, that would be amazing. And then, then the other game that I, I think, because it's a it's a remarkable year, I think the Houston Texans beat the Cleveland Browns. I'm actually, you know, I have a hard time with that game because I like the Joe Flacco story. I do too. I do too. But I like the C.J. Stroud story better. Yes. Yes. I, and he's I, I mean, I got mad respect for that kid. Uh, mad Absolutely. respect for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, do you have an upset? Uh, I'm upset that I haven't had breakfast yet. Uh, <laughs> I, I got some sausages waiting for me. Some, what, so, what, some sausages? So I got some sausages waiting for me. <laughs> um, so hurry up and finish this thing up so I can go Oh, eat. God. We want to thank you for watching us on the show. Armando's got his sausages ready to go. And if you watch the show, you've seen the poo, pow, pang. So we're bringing in old school all over the place. Make sure you tune in, watch the wild card games this weekend. So many uh, big storylines that we'll talk about next week. Join us here Tuesday at the five spot.